great to see you today as we continue in our series called Transform. Before we have our message, I just want to say a very special welcome to our honored guests from China. We're so happy that you're here. We're blessed by your presence. Now, as we continue in this series called Transformed, what we're learning together is we're learning how God actually changes a person's life and how he changes them from the inside out. So I want to let you know we have an outline for our message today. It's a light green sheet found in your program. Please take this out and use it to follow along. All the verses from the Bible that we're looking at are printed there for you. And there is a place to take some notes if that is helpful for you. Now, right off the top, I want to begin my message with our theme verse for the whole series, because this verse really captures how God changes a person. So, uh, I'm in, in fact, I'm encouraging you to memorize this verse from Romans 12:2. Now, to help us do that, I'm going to ask you all to uh, stand to your feet. We're going to actually say this verse out loud together. So, Romans 12:2, ready, go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thank you. You may be seated. Great job, everyone. Now, again, I want to point out in this verse, it tells us how God changes us. And notice, it does not say, transform yourselves. That's not what this verse says. In fact, that's why resolutions don't work. Friends, we don't change our lives by willpower. Our lives are changed by God's power alive in us. So when this verse says, be transformed, it really means learning to cooperate with the work of God in your life and let him do that by changing the way you think, by renewing your mind by learning to look at yourself and life from God's perspective and with a desire to accomplish God's will. So what we're going to do today is we're going to get to see God's perspective and understand God's will for our physical health. And today's a great day to talk about it, right? New Year's is a great time to talk about physical health because, do you know, it's the number one New Year's resolution that people make, right? You know it. What do people resolve at New Year's? I'm going to lose weight. You know, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to drink less. I'm going to quit smoking. In 2018, I am going to get healthy. And can I tell you, it's actually a great goal. It's a great resolution. In fact, I'm so excited to share this message on physical health because can I tell you, for the last two and a half years, I have been on a journey of allowing God to transform me physically. And can I tell you, two and a half years ago, I was this close to 200 pounds. Two and a half years ago, my waist size was, I was a very snug 36 and very quickly going towards 37. My cholesterol was off the charts. I was having to take statin medications to bring down my cholesterol, and I couldn't even run two miles without stopping. And I knew that God was challenging me in some special ways to take better care of myself. Can I tell you, pastors are notorious for doing a poor job of caring for themselves because they're always trying to take care of everyone else. But God convicted me that I needed to take better care of myself. So I started this journey. And can I tell you, uh, in just a couple months, I'm going to turn 55 years old. 
And I, can I tell you, in the last two, in, just in the last year, I've lost 25 pounds. My waist is back down to a 32. Uh, my, cholesterol, uh, my cholesterol is low, and I'm off all medication. And can I tell you, not only, not only that, but in, in the last year, I've run two half marathons, four Spartan races, and I am in the best shape of my life. And I'm excited to share this journey with you. And I want to do that by sharing a couple key verses with you. So right off the top, would you look at your outline? Because I want you to see a great verse from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Do you know that one of the best ways that God transforms us is he brings special people into our lives at just the right time, and he uses those people to inspire us, to sharpen us, to, to, to motivate us to want to change. Well, that's one of the best ways, that, and that's why, friends, listen to me, a little side note, that's why you want to pay attention and pursue having sharp people around your life, because here's the spiritual truth. We become like the people we hang out with. Let me say that again. You become like the people you hang out with. So if you're here today and you want to have a healthy, growing marriage, get intentional about hanging out with people who have a loving, strong marriage. If your goal is to have a strong, vibrant faith in God, intentionally get around some people who really know and love God. And if you want to get physically healthy, friends, you got to get intentional about hanging out with healthy people. And that's part of what happened to me. It was actually a convergence of three very special, very sharp people. First was a guy named Rich Gould. Started hanging out with Rich about three years ago. We were playing golf. Rich, like me, was a little out of shape, a little heavy. But, but all of a sudden, before my very eyes, man, I saw him lose all this weight and get fit and trim. And I thought, wow, Rich, what's happening? And when he said, man, all I did was, man, I stopped eating junk food, started drinking water, and I just started walking. What he didn't tell me is he walks faster than most people run. <laughs> but man, before my, and this guy, like, it inspired me. Actually, I'm kind of competitive, so I said, man, if he could do this, I could do this. And it inspired me to start getting in shape. Second person was Pastor Cal. Pastor Cal told me, he said, man, if, if we're going to lead this church well, one of the best things you can do is get more intentional about getting in shape. Because to do ministry, it takes energy. And our, at our age, we got to just pay attention to our physical. And Pastor Cal didn't just say those words. He lives it. If you know Pastor Cal, he runs four, time, four or five times a week, three, four miles at a time. And he's in great shape. And he inspired me. Like, I want to be like Pastor Cal. And then there was this other special person, Brenda Bennett. Coach Brenda. Brenda, she's a... She's a personal trainer who works at Club Sport, and one day in the lobby, she, she saw me. She said, hey, Pastor Paul, I can see you're getting in shape. I want to encourage you to think about doing a Spartan race. I said, a Spartan race? What's that? He said, well, it's kind of like running, but it's running with obstacles. Like you climb over walls, you crawl under barbed wire, you climb up ropes. And, and I said, why would I pay money to torture myself? Like, who wants to do that? And she said, no, really, it's a lot of fun. You'll love it. You can do it. And so I kind of thought about it. I thought, you know what? I, 
I, I, I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to have strong biceps and triceps, but I only had a bunch of exceps. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would do this except I'm so busy. Or I would sign up for a Spartan except it costs too much money. Or, or I would really invest in my physical training except I have too much going on and I don't have time to train. And so here's what I found out. What's true of me was, is true of most people. Would you write this down? Most people are looking for a fix. But God is looking to make you fit. See, most people, they want the benefits of being strong and healthy and in shape without the training part, without the commitment part. But to get fit in any area of your life, it's going to take intentional commitment. It's going to take time and money and effort and attention. Well, I want to tell you, I made this commitment. I started training for my first, first Spartan race, and Coach Brenda, who's here today, man, she tortured me mercilessly. I mean, she trained me professionally. And, and here's the deal. Her job as a coach was not to pamper me, but to push me. Her job as a coach was not to be easy on me, but to prepare me to run the race well. Now, why, why am I telling you that? Because, you know, many times God is like a coach in your life. Yes, he loves you. He cares about you. But some of you today, you're sitting here, you're mad at God because you're going, God, if you really cared about me, why are you letting this happen? Or if you really love me, you would, you would fix this problem. But see, God is a coach. He's not pampering you. He's pushing you. See, God is a coach. He's not going easy on you. He's like, he's helping you grow strong so that you can run well in the race of your life. See, God's purpose is he made you to fly, but you'll never fly unless you're strong. Well, because of this influence on my life, the inspiration of these three people, I want to tell you about my journey last year. April of last year, I ran my first Spartan race, and I finished what they call a Spartan sprint. Three to five miles, about 20 obstacles, and I crossed that finish line. I can tell you, I felt great. And then uh, in June of last year, I ran the next level of Spartan. It's called the Spartan Super. Eight to 10 miles, over 25 obstacles, and I finished with the team, and I felt like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? It's so hard. I thought, okay, that's, that's it. But then again, Coach Brenda said, hey, you should think of doing the Spartan Beast. The Beast is 12 to 15 miles, over 30 obstacles, and so in October of last year, I crossed the finish line of the Spartan Beast. And I just want to share with you, because this is one of my proudest accomplishments of all personal accomplishments of last year. I did all three Spartan races. And in this journey of doing these Spartan races, here's what I learned. That our physical and our spiritual and our emotional well-being are all vitally connected. I mean, that's what the Bible tells us. In fact, I want you to see it from the Bible. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 on your outline, look at what this verse says. Let's walk through it together. It says, I pray that God, who gives peace, will make you completely holy. Now, don't let that word holy 
scare you. It, God's not saying, I'm going to turn you into a weirdo. No, that's not what it means. When it says he's going to make you completely holy, that word holy means he's going to set apart your life for godly purposes. See, God wants to set you apart to fulfill his great purposes. So he's going to make you completely holy. And then it says this, and may your what? Spirit, soul, and body be what? Kept healthy. Kept, uh, underline that phrase, kept healthy and faultless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Do you understand, as we sit here today, part of God's pleasing, perfect will for your life is for you to be healthy in 2018. But for that to come true for you, you're going to have to renew your mind and think about your body and your health from God's perspective. And I want you to see God's perspective in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. This is God's perspective. Look at this verse. It says this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? That means when you become a Christian, a Christian is someone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And when you open up your life to Christ, the Bible says God forgives your sins. He adopts you into his family. He gives you the gift of eternal life. But then he does, here's the amazing thing. He actually sends his Holy Spirit to come live in your life. That means you have God's presence and power alive in you. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, was given to you by God? You, belong, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Well, what's the high price? The high price is that God sent Jesus to pay the penalty for your sins by dying in your place on the cross. See, Jesus died for you so you could be forgiven and have a close relationship with God. And because of this, the last part of the verse, do you see it? Look at it, friends. It says, because of this, so you must what? Let's all say that together. You must honor God with your body. See, I think the underground church in China understands what it means to honor God with your body. Do you know in the underground church in China, when someone becomes a Christian, one of the ways they celebrate that is they say, as a Christian, because Jesus lives in you, Jesus now has two new eyes to see with, two new ears to listen with, a new mouth to share God's word with, two new hands to serve others and show God's love. Friends, that's what it means to honor God with your body. Can I tell you that you can, you can experience true transformation in your physical health in 2018 if you'll let God renew your mind and accept as a fact that it is God's will for your life for you to be healthy and to use your body to honor him. And so here's what I want to do in my message. I want to share with you three excellent ways, not easy, but three excellent ways to honor God with your body. Are you ready? Are you ready to get healthy? Let's talk about them. Number one, keys to physical health. I honor God in my body by my diet. My diet. See, most of you, when you hear the word diet, you think of something like this. Take a look. 
When you think of diet, oh, that means I avoid the things that make me fat. That means I got to stop eating the stuff I love, like pizza and burgers and fried chicken and french fries and, you know, fettuccine Alfredo. And then I got to starve myself on carrot sticks and celery sticks so that I can lose a few pounds. And then once I get skinny, I can start eating the stuff I love again and then gain all the weight back. And then I do this. That's not what I mean when I talk about honoring God with your diet. That's not what it means. This is not a challenge to go on a diet. It's a call to change your diet and to live the way 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us. It says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the what? Glory of God. Glory of God. Have you ever thought that you can glorify God by the way you eat, the way you drink? I mean, it's a good question to ask. Is my daily diet helping me follow God? Is it helping me be healthy? See, honoring God with your diet is, is all about renewing the way you think about food. In fact, write this down. It's adopting this idea that I don't live to eat. I eat to live. I eat to live. I start seeing food as food is my fuel. See, you put good fuel in your body, you're going to get good results. You put bad food in your body, you're going to get the results. Do, do you see where I'm going with this? Do you know what I'm talking about with this? This is, in fact, I mentioned my friend Rich, and I was like, Rich, wow, what, how'd you do it? He said, all I did, I stopped eating the junk, started drinking water, started walking. And man, he put good fuel, he got good results. Man, this is so key. See, we have to, on this very day, God wants to challenge you with the truth that many of us in America, we are dying because of our diet. I mean, in astronomical numbers, we're seeing a rise in childhood obesity, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, clogged arteries, high cholesterol, low energy. Now, here's the amazing thing to me. I don't know who your insurance is with. Mine is with Kaiser the number one healthcare provider in the state of California. You know, Kaiser recently, they adopted this simple diet assessment. Like if you go in to see your primary care physician, they're gonna sit down and now they're instructed to talk to you and ask you about your diet and they wanna ask you four questions. And I want you to see this assessment. In fact, let's do it together right now. Here's your assessment, four questions. Number one, question number one, are you open to changing your diet if it could really improve your health. Question number two, do you want to lose weight? Question number three, do you want to feel better? Question number four, do you want to improve, stabilize, or even reverse a chronic condition such as heart disease, high cholesterol, diabetes, or high blood pressure? And I don't know how you answer these questions. My answer is, duh, <laughs> right? Of course, yes. I want to lose weight. I want to feel better. I want to have strength. I want to avoid these things. Yes, 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 and yes. And here's not what I'm telling you. This is what Kaiser, the number one healthcare provider in the state of California, is saying. If the answer to those questions is yes, you might want to consider, now write this down, consider a whole food, plant-based diet. Let me say that again. Consider a whole food, plant-based diet. Now, that diet consists of 
fruits, vegetables, beans, lentils, seeds, whole grains, and small amount of unprocessed plant fats such as avocado. It cuts out all animal products like meat, poultry, fish, dairy, and eggs. It does not include processed foods, including oils and sweets. Now, an easy way to understand this is I just put it on your outline. Michael Pollan says this, if it comes from a plant, eat it. If it was made in a plant, don't. That's the idea of a whole food, plant-based diet. Now, I get it, guys. Some of you are going, like, why are we talking about this in church? Like, this is not a hospital, it's a church. This is not a doctor's office. Why are we, I thought we'd come to church to talk about God and spirituality and the Bible, not what I put on my plate or put in my mouth. Well, again, can I tell you, if you want to be transformed in 2018, you're going to have to renew the way you think. And I want to tell you, do you know your health is important to God? How you treat your body is very spiritual, and the Bible actually does talk about what you eat. For example, very fascinating story in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and three of his friends were kidnapped. They were taken captive by the king of Babylon. They were taken away to a new country, and they were forced into service to serve in the king's high court. Now, to serve in the king's high court, you had to enter into a three-year training period where you had to train mentally, physically, all of that. And part of that is that you were put on the king's royal diet. Well, Daniel and his three friends said, man, we don't want to eat this crud. Man, this high, rich diet, meat, sauces, it's going to defile us. It's going to make us sick. So they went to the, the king's royal captain of the guard. And they said, hey, we don't want to eat this. Can we eat our diet? And the royal guard said, man, if, if the king sees you and you look sick or pale, man, he'll execute me. And so this is what Daniel said. It's printed on your outline right in the Bible. This is what it says in Daniel chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Daniel says to the captain, please test us for 10 days. Give us only vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then compare us to the young men who are eating the king's rich food and decide how to treat us based on how we look. Right in the Bible. Here's what's going on. Daniel basically offers this test. It says, man, you guys eat the king's food. You eat the burgers and the chips and the fries and the sauces and the fettuccine Alfredo and all of that. Man, we're going to eat beans and lentils and vegetables and fruit and drink water. And in just 10 days, just based on how we look, you decide what is the better diet, what is healthier. You know, I think this is the first documented whole food plant-based diet written down right here in the Bible. Now, can I tell you recently, for me, I made a choice to go this route. I'm not telling you that you need to do this. I'm not even telling you that God wants you to do this. I'm just telling you, I made a choice. Now, I didn't start with this. I started with a little step like, hey, I'm going to stop drinking all soda and just drink water. Made a huge difference. Then from there, I saw the difference. I said, you know, I'm just going to cut out sugar because, man, sugar is just terrible for you. you know? Now, occasionally, I'd have a cookie or a donut in a video, but for the most part, I would say 90% of the time, no sugar, and 90% is still an A 
right? So for the most part, I, cut out, I just cut out sugar. And, that, and then when I started training for the beast, I said, for me to function on that level, man, I'm going to have to go into strict training even with my diet. And can I tell you, I did the whole food plant-based for the last five months. Man, I feel great. I feel strong, I feel healthy, I feel vibrant. For me, it's made a difference. I'm not saying you need to do this, but I would encourage you to consider it. Now, here's what I'm, here's practical application, what I'm asking you to do. Why not set an appointment, meet with your doctor, and ask him, hey, what would a healthy diet for, what would it look like for me to adopt a healthy diet? And then just commit, I'm going to honor God with my diet. And then number two on your outline, another way to honor God is to honor God with my exercise. Exercise. Now, as soon as I say that word, some of you think of that verse in the Bible, Matthew 14, 38. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? When I say exercise, I'm not saying you need to run a marathon. I'm not saying you need to do a Spartan race. But if you want to, we meet every Tuesday night right here in this room, and you'll see the group. That's our Spartan. We train right here. If you're interested in doing a Spartan this year, just write Spartan on your communication card, and I'll send you information on how you can become part of this group. But I'm not saying you need to run a marathon, that you need to do a Spartan race. What I am saying is as you exercise, it's this idea of... Of, it's kind of referring to the law of physics, right? The law of physics says this, a body in motion tends to what? Stay in motion. So for you to be healthy, exercise may mean walking around your block three times a week. For you to be healthy, it may, may mean riding your stationary bike for 30 minutes a day. Or maybe joining our Saturday morning stretch class here at church. What I'm saying is for you to find a consistent, committed way to be strong and healthy and to keep moving. Do you know the Bible, the the best verse in the Bible that talks about your exercise is found in 1 Timothy 4.8. And I want us to look at this and I want to share with you what it does say and what it doesn't say. So let's let's look at this verse. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, let me tell you what this verse is saying. It's saying that physical exercise, friends, it's good for you regardless of your religious beliefs. I mean, whether you're Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu or even atheist, it doesn't matter what you believe. If you will exercise and train, you'll get healthy benefits. You'll get physical physically stronger. This verse is saying physical exercise is good for you. Now, let me tell you what it's not saying. Look at the next part. It says, but training for godliness is much better. It is not saying that your spiritual life trumps your physical life. What this verse is saying is that it's all spiritual. Training for godliness is learning to live a life that says, I'm going to honor and glorify God in everything I do. In my body, in my relationships, in my work, in my money, in the words I say. Training for godliness means I'm going to try to honor God in everything, including my physical life. And I want you to hear a real-life story from someone who's done that, 
They're honoring God in every area of their life, including the physical. So guys, I'd like us to give a warm crossroads welcome to Coach Brenda. Awesome, thank you. Hi, I'm now going to connect uh, your physical health to the health of your soul. I'm gonna start with a verse that I have learned to love and I go by this one a lot, but at first I didn't understand it and you'll see why. It's uh, James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I don't think most of us consider it pure joy when we face many trials, and I don't either. However, um, once I tell my story, I think you'll see the connection. So six years ago, I was stuck in a bad marriage that I chose out of fear of the unknown and fear of being alone. Although I was saved, believing in God, I didn't consult God on my decision to get married, and I didn't know God at all. I was desperately searching for my purpose. After many months of quiet time with God, I realized that I needed to face the danger and stress of a crisis in order to make a change. So I ended up leaving that marriage. I was an emotional wreck from a lot of trauma and sexual abuse that happened early on in my life. I soon realized that allowing God to work on my heart and spirit wasn't enough. That I needed to, in order to fulfill the big plans he had for me, I had to be physically strong too. I had been a cross-country runner since age 12, we now call that trail running, um, and also involved in gymnastics. So I started a trail run again, but this time I started working out with weights and got stronger. As I allowed God to make the changes he wanted inside of me, not the ones I wanted, because I really didn't want to change at all, I was forced to, and I'm really thankful that I was. But my usual way to face a crisis is to figure out a way to get out of it as quickly as possible. But not this time. No, this time I allowed God to humble me and to make the changes to my character that he wanted to make. And guess what? I soon began working as a personal trainer at a big exclusive club here in Fremont, and I was becoming influential for God, which is what I was searching for my purpose. So I quite naturally wanted to try OCR, which is obstacle course racing that Paul was talking about. Uh, trail running meets gymnastics, boom, you've got Spartan. So the first obstacle course race I ever ran was with my friends Sarah and Jason and my daughter Carrie Ann. And I was hooked, I loved it. This is what I've been looking for. Somehow it seemed that every obstacle, flipping a tire, climbing over walls, monkey bars, rings, that I was able to complete made me realize that there was nothing, absolutely nothing that life could throw at me that I couldn't overcome with Christ by my side, helping me grow stronger as I walked with him. At first, it was just a few friends running races together. But Spartan and God got a hold of my spirit, and in four short years, I went from just participating in races to becoming a legit SGX coach and building a team, this strong team that I'm so proud of, and you guys saw them on the, the screen a few minutes ago. There's a mind-body-soul connection. When you push your body physically to its limits, your mind grows stronger as well. 
And Spartan has a hashtag no excuses motto, and so do I for myself as well as my team and the people I coach. I sense that there are some of you this very day that are drawn towards physical fitness, but you haven't made that commitment. So I urge you to join us, join me, and grow stronger. So I wanted to say also in Chinese, the symbol for crisis, it has two parts, danger and opportunity. So face your crisis because crisis means change. Change means growth and development if you trust in the power of prayer. Thank you. So grateful to God for Coach Brenda. She's really made a difference in my life. And her testimony together with my message, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to somehow inspire you to honor God with your diet and exercise, and here's why. <laughs> I love you. I care about you. I want you to be healthy. I want you to feel better, live longer. Here's, a, here, here's why I kind of my, like, I have a lot of goals in my physical training, but can I tell you, my ultimate goal and purpose is not to get a donut. My ultimate goal, I actually wrote it down on your outline, is this to serve God the best I can for as long as I can to have the greatest impact that I can. That's why I take care of myself. I want to serve God in this church and serve you the best I can with energy and vitality and passion, the best I can for as long as I can to have the greatest impact I can. I want that for me. I want that for you. And I think that's what the Bible tells us. Again, look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 26 and 27. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, might, I myself might be disqualified. Friends, I don't want to be disqualified from God's calling on my life because I do a poor job of taking care of myself because of poor diet and exercise. I want to honor God with my diet, with my exercise, and then number three on your outline, write this down, with my rest. My rest. Friends, can I tell you, I've been pastoring here in Fremont for 22 years. And can I tell you, I think the whole Bay Area is plagued with the disease of what I call hurry sickness. I mean, you look around the Bay Area and people are overstressed, overwhelmed, overcommitted, and most people, instead of setting healthy boundaries, learning to say no to lesser things, pacing their lives well so they can fulfill their purpose, their only solution to the problem of hurry sickness is go faster. Go faster. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Look at how people are driving these days. Man, driving faster to work, driving faster on the streets, driving faster through their relationships, through their marriages, time with their kids. Their life is like out of control, and they're burning rubber and burning out and living depleted lives. Do you know, right in the middle of a hurry-sick world, this is what God says. In Psalm 127.2, it says this, it is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night fearing that you will starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to what? Get their proper rest. To build rest, 
good, restoring, proper rest. When you build rest into your life, here's what happens. It allows you to recharge your body, refocus your spirit, reconnect with your loved ones. It allows time for you to drink in beauty and refill your emotional tanks so you have something left over to give to your spouse, your children, to your God. You know, one of my mentors put this in perspective to me, and he gave me this great quote when talking about rest. This is what Pastor Bill Heibel says. The best gift, the best gift that you give to God, your family, and your church is a healthy, vibrant you. Friends, look at that quote. When you go home and look in the mirror today, what are you going to see? Are you going to see a healthy, vibrant you? Could it be that God brought you here today because he's saying, you know, wake up, wake up. 2018 is the year where I am calling you to take care of your physical health. Can I tell you, when I look in the mirror, here's what I see. Man, I'm healthy. I'm vibrant. I'm excited. I'm filled with hope. And there's an overflow where I can love God well and connect with my family and, and have some energy to serve my church and community. That's one side of me. But I also, I need to tell you a little bit about the other side. Because I just have to, you're my church family and there's another side that's going on with me, and I wanted you to know about it. Because as I share with you this morning, right now, my dad, he's in the hospital in Fresno. He has congestive heart failure. His diabetes is off the chart. He has, lung, he has fluid around his lungs. He's struggling to breathe. And I'm not saying that God can't do a miracle, but odds are that this year, Man, I'm going to be standing at my dad's funeral. Might even be this month. And friends, I got to tell you, as I give this message, man, I'm excited, I'm energetic, I'm vibrant, but there's part of me that is profoundly sad. And there's part of me that's kind of mad at my dad. Because, man, for years, we've been telling my dad, dad, you got to quit smoking. You got to do better with your diet. You got to take better care. And friends, my dad knew, just like you knew before I gave this message, you knew that your health is vitally connected to your diet, your exercise, and your rest. Now, odds are, I'm just being honest with you, odds are it's too late for my dad. He's not going to, he doesn't have time to turn this around. But it's not too late for you. And I'm just out of love for God and for you and for, I'm just telling you, for your spouse's sake, for your children's sake, for your church, for, for God's sake, make a commitment to honor God with your body. Make a committed choice to do what the Bible says in Romans 6, 13, that says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead and now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the what? The glory of God. So here it is. We've talked about your health, your body. Now we're going to end our service 
talking about Jesus' body. Because that's where we find our hope and our passion and our motivation to glorify God. Because God gave his son who came in his body to die for us. And we're going to celebrate that by taking communion together, by taking the Lord's Supper.